Hello, this is Aitana, and you are listening to season one of the Swim in the Strait podcast, where we talk with swimmers of all sorts from the New Zealand swimming arena, from swimming every day through the winter to crossing the Cook Strait. We will hear stories of passion, perseverance, and dedication. Welcome to episode five of season one of Swim in the Strait. Today's guest has crossed the English Channel, the length of Lake Taupo, and he is the fastest swimmer across the Cook Strait, holding the world record at four hours and 37 minutes, almost as fast as the ferry. I have the pleasure to talk today to Casey Glover. Welcome, Casey. Thank you for joining me today to the Swim in the Strait podcast. And uh, I am very excited about this interview today. I've heard about you for different sources and I've I have like now I'm very excited about talking about your swimming and uh, yeah your all those adventures in the world that you have had. How are you? Yeah, good thanks. Um, yeah, I've uh, yeah as you said I've done a fair few ad- adventures in the in the open water and the pool over over my career of of swimming. So yeah, looking forward to sharing sharing what I've done in the past. So. Yeah. Great. So my first question is always the same. Um, have you always been a swimmer? How did it start for you? Um, well, so my mum, uh, she couldn't swim. And so it was, she wanted all of us kids, there's four of us, to make sure that, that we could swim. And I'm, I'm the oldest. And so, yeah, at five years old, I started swimming les- lessons and the uh it was down in Huia pool in lower hut and the the instructor there noticed that i was quite quite a good little swimmer and i was swimming one length within only a few months of doing the lessons and then they were like right you need to join a, a swim club so the from there i went on to nanai swim club and then uh, the coach there um, noticed that I was doing well, and by seven I started racing. And so I, th- I think I was seven years old, and I was beating ten-year-old kids in the school swimming port sports. Nice. Um, and there was a little group of us that all probably I I went to uh, Normandale Swimming School, and there was about four of us that were all quite good swimmers. So having that group of us and we all went to swim club and had lots of fun and um but then as I got a bit older I went to a swimming club uh called TSW in in Wellington and I um there that's when I started getting um I was top in New Zealand for my age when I was 10 or 11 years old and I had like stacks of medals um at the Wellington swim champs um and that's probably about the time when I was doing uh, started open water swimming as well. And uh, there's the local wharf to wharf swim, which is 1.1k, and I think that was my first um, open water race. And yeah, I ended up being one of the fastest in my um, of the age group, and and it just kind of progressed uh, from there. But then. As a teenager, I I was one of the uh, late puberty, so 
I was only five foot something and all my friends were, were six foot. And so I was 14 years old racing these giants, getting getting absolutely um, smashed. And it wasn't until 17, 18 that I started catching up. And and that period uh, was really hard hard for me. I I um I, I almost stopped swimming probably for a good few months. And uh, a coach, one of my old coaches, he messaged me on my birthday. I think it must have been sixteenth birthday, and saying, "Oh, I hope you're doing okay." And and then I so I switched clubs. And then started getting the, the passion for swimming again. And then when I got a bit older again, I, I switched clubs just for location purposes. Um, and that's when my really serious training, I was doing yeah, 10 times a week, uh, morning nights, and um, we were swimming oh, like six up to 10 Ks in a session. And yeah, and was, yeah. so that's kind of, how I've uh, progressed from learning to swim one length over that decade and a bit up to yeah being um, yeah very uh, high set standard of of swim training. Very competitive and lit. Um, I have a few questions already. Uh, when you started <laughs> swimming, um, when you did your first race in open water, how old were you? I would have been ten or eleven. Um, I did the surf life-saving nippers as well, um, but I can't remember what age I was. Um, but yeah, that it would have been 10 or 11 when I did the, the wharf to wharf. That's very um, young. Yeah, yeah. So how do you decide to go and do a race in the open water? Because being a swimmer, a swimmer in the pool, mm. it was a group of your age that you decided to go in open water or... Yeah, th- there was other kids that were all doing it and you just, because probably there was a group of us doing it and and you'd, and I'd already been playing in the ocean for years, so I didn't have any fear or, and to swim 1.1k wasn't a, a big deal because I was swimming so much in the pool Um and so it was just like, oh, it's just the same as swimming in the pool, but there's no tumble turns. And I wasn't very good <laughs> at tumble turns, so it was it was a great benefit for me. <laughs> exactly. Easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you you stopped um, swimming for a little bit and then you started swimming again, that was all in the pool. Is that correct? Um, yeah, well, I was, I was doing open water events all, all the time. And, but I was predominantly a pool swimmer right up until I was 18. I just did the open water swims just for a bit of fun and and stuff like triathlon as well. I was in a, a development squad when I was 11, 12 as well um, for triathlon. And But yeah, because I, um, I did and I got into the Kapiti to mainland uh, swim and I was... Uh, 14 when I did that and came second Um, and then I won it when I was 16 which also kind of helped fuel the the swimming passion again and and the reason I 
love swimming so much um, other than it feeling like awesome and stuff. But the wanting to be really good at swimming was because I saw Daniel Loder um, win ten, two gold medals at the 96 Olympics and I was only 10 years old. And, and that was the dream from from there. Um, and yeah, as it didn't quite come to plan, but I was uh, still achieved a lot along the way. Yeah, that's a good goal to to pursue. Mm. And how did you transition from pool to open water? Like, when um, did you or how did it happen that you were training in the pool and then competing in the pool? And then um, then you said, OK, now I'm going to focus most, more on my open water and I'm going to do uh, the swims that I want you to tell me about. Yeah. <laughs> um, the open water swims. Yeah. So it was probably around that 18, 19 year old mark. And I was getting like top 10 in the pool, but I was podium placing in open water events. And the also the 10K open water event got announced at the Olympics. And so I then focused more on it was becoming more of a sport um or like an olympic standard and so then i didn't need to then i could adjust my goal to try and make that instead of the 1500 meter in the pool which i was i got very fast but not to not to that um yeah like i was only uh i think my best placing in new zealand was like sixth place or something like that um yeah so and I, I felt better in the open water I enjoyed it more um I've yeah I've got a powerful stroke so any choppy water and and I can adapt to the cold as well so um my body produces a lot of heat so sw swimming fast and I just wouldn't really get cold and unless it, it it would take me ages to get in the pool but once I'm moving I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good um this is the next my next question is about um well I have all these questions but it's about the cold mm. and about the powerful stroke and choppy water because um for our listeners that uh, maybe don't know um what have you achieved you hold the record the world record of the fastest swimmer across across Cook Strait and mm. for those that don't know Cook Strait is the strait that um, the body of water between the North Island and the South Island in New Zealand and it has very strong currents it's a very special place and normally people take between I don't know 8, 12, 15 hours and can you please tell us how fast did you swim Cook Strait? <laughs> uh so four four hours and 37 minutes is yeah how how quick i went so yeah quick most... is the right is the right <laughs> word <laughs> yeah almost as fast as the ferry is what people say <laughs> that is absolutely mind-blowing yeah it is crazy so mm. yes please tell me tell me the story i i follow the swimmers i've been following the swimmers in the last couple of years um to see how they do and four hours and 30 minutes is completely yeah. crazy yeah so the i guess we'll go right to the the build up towards it so 
yeah, as uh, during that those teenage years, um, one of my close friends um, or uh, two two um, people that I knew they they swam it and became the the youngest um, people to swim it. So one was John Gatfield and another one was Kate Johns, but both of their rec- the youngest records have been beaten since and. So kind of knowing that they'd swum it, then that I was like, oh yeah, that seems achievable. Um, but I was a bit older, and I was like, oh, I'll do it one day. And and my mum, being a very proud mother, would be like, oh, so when are you gonna swim it? And I was like, oh, not just yet, not just yet. Wait a few <laughs> more years until I get a bit faster. Um, and yeah, and then I was, oh, I think my, I guess my around twenty, we we booked in a, a slot. Um, with with Phil uh, Phil Rush, um, who who takes people over, and um, so we had that week week window in early April, um, and so yeah, I was um, had finished school, I was training ten times a week, and I was yeah studying a diploma in exercise science. So, but my full focus was. Um, swimming and and the main goal was yeah that olympic um spot uh at, later on um and the short-term goals was yeah doing um uh, five and 10k events locally and in, in australia and whatnot so um yeah some of the the training sets would do would be um that consisted within a, a six to eight k session they'd the, the classic one would be 3100s and would have to try and hold one minute pace um, per 100. Wow. And, and I got, to, I think 28 were all under a minute and I missed two of them. Um, and then there's other sets like uh, 10 300s or 10 400s and you'd have to hold one between one 10 pace and um, per, per 100 metres. Um, and on a uh, on about thirty seconds ish rest, so I was able to maintain five k an hour. Um, and we did some big training camps over summer. So I was hundred kilometers in a week um, while we we're on a training camp, and so hundred kilometers in a week. Yeah, yeah, that is so a lot just, of swimming. Yeah. And so we would wake up, we'd go do our 10Ks in the morning, um, have breakfast, have a nap. And sometimes there'd be a dry land session doing like abs or boxing. Uh, Then we'd have a big lunch and then uh, chill out for a couple hours. And then there'd be an afternoon session of another 10K um, and then chill out in the evening and just do that for an entire week um so yeah pretty pretty full on and so that was the the volume build up and then it tapered down towards april um and so yeah probably around the 8th or, or 10th of april um it was getting the call ups from phil if if this the swim was on or not the night before and then so it would have been the 12th of april yep the swim's on tomorrow morning um, you get up at 4 a.m. and you head over to the Mana dock. And um, at that stage, we didn't know what way I would be swimming, either south to north or north to south. And so on our way down the, on the boat, so it was my dad, a, a family friend, 
uh, my coach, Frank Terrell, um, and then there was Phil Rush and the, and the two um, uh, skipper and a, another boat crew. And so we're in a big boat heading down um, towards uh, Macra or to the bottom of the, the North Island. And uh, there was dolphins by the boat. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good day. That's um, always a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, I hope they get to swim with me. Um, but they didn't. They, they must have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, about then they were like, right, we're going to do north to south. So we parked up and um, got all, all the Vaseline on and um, and just kind of, mentally trying to prepare for because it was the the furthest I'd swum was 10k in the pool um so to then step that up to and that's with stops and and stuff so um before that I'd only swum a 5k race so um, just to give oh, a 5.6 sorry mm. yeah just to give a little bit of reference to our listeners um the longest that you had swum before was 10k and how long is cook straight is around 23 yeah 23 26 is yeah what, yeah um so, so it, it is uh, it is more than doubling the distance yeah and Good. so i was a bit bit worried about could i actually <laughs> do it but um i was confident uh regardless but you have and... been doing 100 100k weeks that's, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a good build up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I was well prepared. Um, but you still have that thought that's in the back mm. of your mind, like, oh, I'm, I'm swimming double the distance. What do I, will I cramp up or who, who knows what will happen out there? And uh, anyway, I jump, jump in the water and it was, it was pretty, pretty chilly. It was uh, 16-ish degrees to start with, I think. Um and it was quite choppy at the start um but the water was quite was, you could see the water coming out um where we where we started it was a, a, quite a, a a strong um current um but we didn't know if that was going to be good or good or bad at that uh, and uh got into it and stood the first hour and and had swum just over 5k so and and that's when I had my first pit stop, um, and it was very choppy at at that first block, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can continue this pace and in this chop, but thankfully it it swell the swell smoothed out, and I was able and I got into a better smoother rhythm of of my stroke and and yeah within a, a so then after the first hour we had every half hour um stop uh, not um uh, pits drink stops and um so floating next to the boat having a drink and and uh, phil would say yep you're doing well or um keep it up kind of thing and yeah and then just keep doing half an hour after half an hour and it, i can't remember exactly when but he had said uh you've done this amount of time and and you've done it and you've done 17k in this amount of time and he was like work out the math so I was swimming along I was like holy moly I'm swimming fast kind of thing um and then another hour and a bit I, I ended up getting to the, the the um 
the finish and touching the the rocks of of the South Island and yeah and, and everyone on the boat was betting that I would that the the tides would turn and that everyone couldn't believe it that um, I'd swum it that fast so it was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool indeed. Because one of the things about the Cook Strait is is the tides, right? Like um, you can get caught in the tide and you end up going back into the strait if you don't time it well or if you don't if you're not fast enough, then you're swimming forward and suddenly you are not moving or even worse, moving for backwards. Yeah, and, and I think that's why the the swim's so, um, I guess, famous. Um, because it's so challenging if if you don't get that window right you can be just yeah now I've heard stories of people only being a couple hundred meters from shore and and they're just stuck there because the the tide's too strong and they can Um, make it yeah 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 also to give a little bit of a reference I was um, talking to Phil the other day and he was saying that in order to to be or to have a chance to be successful, you have to swim at least 3K an hour consistently for whatever hours you need. So swimming mm. 5K an hour, it is, it's not double, but it's, it is a very good mm. pace. And um, yeah. Yeah. So in, in Cook Strait, I was actually swimming six to six and a half K, I think, just because of the, with the tide being, and I'm very good at uh, being aware of, what the water is doing around me so um i can adjust my body and and i was able to ride the swell and and really get that a a maximum advantage and i think that was just over all the years of of swimming and also doing surf and um and just being able to feel the the water and and having that um being able to grab and hold on to it um yeah i think yeah, that so is was... sorry go ahead oh and, and yeah that's what just swimming being able to swim so quickly um yeah yeah i think that is one of the beautiful things about swimming in the ocean and, and experience open water swimmers is that it's not only the swim itself it's just being aware of the environment and all the different pieces that come into the swim and that make the swim successful it's not just that you're a good swimmer it's the weather it's the wave it's the wind it's the current it's your mental mm. state so it is it is kind of a yeah so many little pieces that have to come together in order to to do a fantastic swim mm. Um, mm. so it's quite challenging just to have everything in the right position <laughs> yeah and yeah. what about what about the, the mental um, part of it because swimming, it is very meant like of course it's, it's physical, but for me it's also very um, mentally demanding. Yes, yeah. Um, I get as a kid, I was I would be you would get told to do a silly big task, um, and most kids would stop partially through because they would get bored but I would just continue on and until I got it done and um so so that kind of determination or or once you get given the task you just do it and um and with swimming it's no matter kind of what the distance was if you look at it and being oh I've got to swim 26k but if you look at it 
oh, I'll, I'll just swim for 1K and then I'll reassess and I'll swim another K. Um, so breaking it down into very achievable steps, um, like even just going for a swim at the pool, oh, I'll just hop in the pool and then I'll swim to the end and, <laughs> and oh, I'll go again. And, and, you and then three just, hours later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, whoops, I've swum 30K by accident. Um, and yeah, so it's all about breaking down that, that giant, um, uh, object and, and making it a, a very small one. And, and you can do that any, any, anywhere in life. Um, if something's too hard or, or doesn't seem achievable and yeah, but yeah. So in a lot of these big swims, it's, and because you have these swim breaks, you've you have your drinks because you're not refueling. Um, but it also helps having like that support crew there, giving you tips and and like oh your hips are dropping a bit. So then you have things to other things to think about. Uh, you think about your technique. Am I catching the water well? Um, and then also just letting your mind wander, which is what's really cool about swimming is mm. you just let you can think sing songs as well <laughs> often i'd just repeat the chorus over and over again <laughs> yeah and um because you've done some other uh, long distance swims uh, you've swam the length of taupo which is the the larger freshwater body in new zealand which is 40.2 k and you've also swam the english channel right yes yeah yeah so the taupo swim that was a build-up swim to to the English Channel and so I was the second fastest to swim the length of Taupo um, so I did that in 10 hours 52 and then the English Channel I was trying to break the record but um, didn't quite get a, a, a good day and um, but I still got the fastest for 2013 and, and I did it in nine hours and 14 minutes. Um, so both of those swims, are, the weather turned uh, during the swim um, and the English Channel, I swam that on the, the biggest set of tides. Um, so I just got swept really far, did a big S swim and where my cook straight swim was a, a straight line across. Um, so all, all quite different experiences mm, yeah and this is what we were discussing before right that it's not only that you have done the training I mean that has to be a given right you do the training you you put all the effort you you try to control all the things that you can control but in swimming there are so many things that are out of your control that um, it just makes it kind of <laughs> a little bit more um, exciting or adventurous yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah, yeah. It's like what variables are you going to be throwing at you today? Yeah, exactly. So you 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 can prepare as best as you can, and then um, then just relax and enjoy the ride because it's definitely going to be a good ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. So and now, what what is that you do now? Do you coach um people to swim? Do you teach people how to swim? Are you um, do you have any relationship with swimming at the moment? Yeah, uh, very little. I. So I've got a couple of friends that do CrossFit and they um, are trying to get better at, at swimming because uh, swim events occasionally pop up. Um, 
Uh, but when I was, I've recently moved to Christchurch, but before that I was in Wellington and before that in Auckland and I was doing quite a bit of uh, swim coaching uh, just as a, a hobby. Um, or like kind of uh, like a, a side kind of thing. And yeah, so I was have a do one-on-one coaching or um, a, a squad uh, that I was looking after. So what did you stop swimming? Um, so, so yeah, I missed out on the Olymp- Olympics in 2012. And so that was quite heartbreaking and I wasn't prepared to swim for another four years because um, the, the squad that I was training with I was in my late 20s and they were all very young um, it's very financially demand- demanding um, and you're, you're working a very odd because um, you're swimming in that morning and night and then you've got the, the kind of small window to work or uh, and at the time I was working in the evenings doing uh, swim coaching while I was swimming at those later years and it just got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it and I wanted to start a career in IT and put my effort into into, uh, a career instead of swimming um, so I swam for that one more year of doing the English Channel, and after that, I pulled the pin, and I occasionally get in the water and and do uh, the last swim. Big swim I did was uh, uh, Waiheke to Auckland about maybe five or s- maybe six years ago. Um, and that was a, a rescue um, chopper, like uh, as a relay swim. That was that was good fun. Um, so I can s- still hop in the pool and churn up a few lengths, and but yeah, I end up in the spa pool very uh, quickly after. <laughs> yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> Don't you miss it? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, um, swam so much that I get a chlorine rash now, um, and. Yeah, if I hop in the ocean, it's all for um, to go surfing or or to muck around. Um, but yeah, actually swimming and if it's like a, going back to an old job in a way that you. Mm. Um, it's funny because you loved it so much at, during those times, but um, it's it's been I've done the dash. <laughs> <laughs> you have indeed. <laughs> and what's next then? Uh, I, I I don't have any um, really sporting goals. Um, I I just keep keep fit. I I have um, scoliosis, so my spine's um, got a, quite a big lateral curve. So I just um, go to the the gym or CrossFit to keep fit and um, try to just not have any pain in my in my spine. Um, but it's uh, it. it carries a, a toll mm. um and yeah there there was a, a bet going around with my friends that would all do the the coast to coast but um one of one of us of, of the group have, have done it so 
that might be a, a long-term goal in a few years once once I feel uh, ready to put in some serious training in again. It is a lot of training with for any of those events. Um, mm. It is a lot of time and a lot of dedication. So I understand that, you know, like just yeah. deal back a little bit. This is one of the last questions. Um, what do you think that makes a successful long distance swimmer? Because we've talked about, you know, like the mental strength and the training, and I guess it's a little bit of everything and the, the um, perseverance of just doing it and you know that you have to do it. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to the individual of, of what their, what success means to them. So is it just completing the distance or is it doing it in a certain time um, or yeah. So with whatever their goal is and then you successfully achieving it uh, uh, and then to do that you then need to put in the hard work or the training um, the practice and then that prepares you for that performance um, and so in my mind that's being successful um, but everyone's going to have a different view of of what they want to achieve and um, so I've trained like uh, hundreds of people over the years um, and they've all had different goals of doing an Ironman or a triathlon or an open water event and it's really cool seeing them build up and uh, one one guy he, he could barely swim a length when he first started coaching with me and then he completed his Ironman um, a year later um, and I've had uh, Masters athletes go to the the Masters Games and, and win a whole bunch of medals. Um, so it's, yeah, so that would be my view of, of being uh, successful. Yeah, that's great. It's true. Like the goals are different and, you know, people, it's a, it's a journey. It's not only the end goal and complete the, the race, but it is a journey and all that you put on to, to get there. Mm, exactly. So you've swam the English Channel and uh, the Cook Strait that are part yes. of these big seven swims um, yeah. around the world. Uh, do you think you will do any other of uh, those swims? Yeah, well, I, I actually had a, that was on my uh, whiteboard of goals at, at one, one point. Um, and I had a, a bunch of other swims and it, even uh, Stuart Island was on there and and then there was a whole bunch of um, there's World Cup swims as well, um, but yeah, after at that certain point in time where where I wanted to just stop, I I gave up those goals. And maybe when I'm older, I, I, um, I get a bit bored of what I'm doing currently, and I feel like hopping back in the, in the pool. I might might do them, but I'm I'm actually heading to Japan to. Um, be the support crew for a good um, good friend Paul. He's he's done a few of them, and so he's got the Japan one, and then he's got the English Channel. Um, I think in September, uh, late August. So he's doing two big swims in only a couple couple of months. So, wow! Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to be on on the the boat and having that perspective instead of being in the pool uh, oh. in the ocean. 
in the ocean. Yeah, that would be exciting. Just being part of the of the supporting crew, that would be really exciting. Mm. Nice. Well, all the best for your friend and for you. And, yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, <laughs> I will I'm want sure to. He- I will want to hear about it when you come back. And yeah, um, yeah, debrief. <laughs> exactly. We debrief. Well, thank you very much, and I'll see you in the water. Thank you for listening to the Swim in the Strait podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast, connect on social media at Swim in the Strait, and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform.